Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Journey, a 16-week odyssey of grit, determination, endurance, and will, where the weak are exposed and the strong revered. From Bleed Entertainment, this is Falcon's Flight. Insights and analysis on your Atlanta Falcons. Now, here's Robert Taylor and your host, Brian Giffen. It is Falcon's Flight, yes, edition number 27 finally hits the shelves. Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor, thrilled to be back in the house, back on the mic. It's been a really weird six weeks or so, man, since between the stuff going on in your life and the stuff going on in mine, sometimes it doesn't always jive with production schedules. But with that said, we are thrilled to be back here. Falcon's Flight, edition number 27. And we come your way from the Big Play Media Studios here in Powder Springs, Georgia, and we're glad to have you with us this week as we look back over what's obviously a, a very involved offseason for the Atlanta Falcons. The draft is in the books, the schedule is out, and we'll revisit some of those things. Robert, quick word from our sponsor here. We remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Robert, first, it's good to have you back here, but secondly, there's a lot of questions, of course. Anytime you go 4-12 and 12 and you go into a whole new regime and all of this stuff, there are a lot of questions, but one of the things that stands out is they're apparently very much committed to one Matt Ryan. It looks like, as you called a long time ago, he's going to be here and he's the plan. Yeah, and actually, I had the pleasure of getting invited onto a fan show this morning, and I got on, and, and we talked about that, and I mentioned again and kind of reiterated how I thought, and this is what happened. Sorry, let's just call it what it is. This is what's happening. Arthur Blank, the Atlanta Falcons, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith, all these guys uh, seemingly are on the same page and says, for all this guy's done for the team, for all he's done for the city, who he is as a player, a teammate, everything, and I've said this, we owe it to him to get him a championship because that's the caliber quarterback he is. It's the only thing separating him from people mentioning him in the same breath. with Tom, Even though the numbers are there, yeah. people don't want to mention him in the same breath as a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning because he doesn't have that hardware. So that's what's going to happen. And he came out today in a press conference and said he has tons of good football left. He feels good. And I'm not saying he is Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is pretty much proving to us that at 42, 43 years old, you can still play at a high level. Matt is many years younger than Tom Brady. I want to say he turns 36 this fall, so that's four or five years. And I don't think Matt Ryan is – he's not a Brett Favre like early in his career who was out, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> drinking the beers and partying. I, I'm pretty sure Matt is a very healthy, fit, focused guy, and I'm all for it. But that's the crazy thing. This fan base is so divided right now, and I don't know what it's going to take to unify them, but it's rough out there, I'm telling you. 
Well, you look back over this draft, and of course, you know, everybody knows that Kyle Pitts was who they drafted first. A can't-miss type of player, according to all reports and every bit of video that you watch. So, in effect, they get Matt Ryan another weapon in a guy in Kyle Pitts that plays a position they already had pretty good talent in between Hayden Hurst and some of the reserves. So it's going to be interesting to see how they mix Pitts into all of this. And it also kind of adds a little fuel to the fire for those who screamed loudly that they needed to address other areas first. What are your thoughts? Well, and you know, we've talked about this before. Draft picks are just draft picks. That's what they are. Should Cal Pitts, does he have the all the intangibles and everything? Right. Sure looks like it, but he's never played it down in the NFL. All these guys seemingly, according to the Falcons and their scouts and their departments and all that goes into the draft, these are their guys. Now, I'm sure there's probably a couple of picks, and we may never know that got away from them, but these are our guys. And I'm not one of those people to speculate and spitball. I always go, hey, these guys are college athletes. Clearly, there's some talent. Somebody in the Falcons organization believes in their talent. Yeah. But they've still got to get into the program and perform. Make no mistake, here's a big one that seemingly nobody ever really seems to talk about. These guys are between the ages of maybe even as young as 19 or yeah. 20 to 22, 23, and they're about to be handed a lot of money. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's all speculative. I still, I know we beat this up on our previous podcast, but I still go back to when Bill Tobin dropped the infamous who the hell is Mel Kuyper in there because when you draft a guy, you really don't know. Sure, there's upside, there's what's his ceiling, all of that stuff, but you don't really know what you're getting until you get him on the field, get him into your scheme, see how he fits chemistry-wise with the rest of your roster, and so on and so forth. It's very much... Like signing day to a degree, all the Mm -hmm. attention that the draft gets. You know, there's all these shiny toys out there, but you're really not sure how much fun they're going to be to play with until you actually get your hands on them. I call it an investment in capital because that's what it is. You're investing in this player. It probably sounds bad, but they're (laughs) almost like property to some degree because we're retaining your services as an athlete. We believe in your talent. We're going to invest in your talent. We got a coaching staff. We have facilities. But then it's up to you. Will the investment pay off? Sometimes it pays off in huge returns. Look at the New England Patriots. They took a huge gamble on some skinny kid from Michigan, and look what happened. Yeah, in the sixth round, no less. Yeah, so those things happen all the time. And and like I said, to, to touch back on that money thing, these are young kids who are about to have a lot of money. Now, they have the rookie contracts. You know, they're not getting all that crazy yeah. money like they used to, but they're still going to be pretty well compensated. Well, especially and, in the first two rounds. And, and, yeah. and some of those kids, they can have all the athletic talent and smarts in the world, but they get that money in their pocket and they, and something happens. And they, oh, I got my own house. I'm in the NFL. They develop this ego. And, and the next thing you know, they're not really focused so much on football so much as the lifestyle and, hey, I'm a celebrity now. Well, for those that screamed loudly they needed to bolster their defense and that's not a flawed way of looking at it. They did take Richie Grant second in the second round. That was the 40th pick overall, a safety out of University of Central Florida. They picked a corner in Darren Hall out of San Diego State. They took a pair of defensive linemen, one from Texas, one from Notre Dame, and another corner in the fifth round. So they did address the defensive side of the ball. They just didn't do it with the splashy fourth overall pick. Yeah, and that's unfortunately, that's most football fans. You know, they want, they want the the pizzazz, the the sexy pick, the the exciting pick. And I don't think a, really a lot of people, a lot of fans understand the real nature of the business of football. 
and the analytics. And I know a lot of people don't like the analytics, but guess what? They're here to stay. They ain't going anywhere. All these players had analytics run on them, and they were you know, run through the ringer. And yeah, you know they took all the necessary tests and everything. And here's the thing, guys: none of us work for the Falcons. None of us are GMs or anything like that. So as fans, we need to be better at trusting our organization. There's no question. I've said this before, too. As much as the Mel Kuypers of the world, the average fan of the world, wants to call GMs, coaches, et cetera, et cetera, idiots, morons, all that stuff, there's not a one of those people that know more about the sport of football, what it takes to succeed, any of that, than these people that have been entrusted with these positions. Does it always work out? Obviously not. But that doesn't make these guys some intellectually inferior person to somebody sitting in mom's basement opining on yeah. a keyboard. By the way, Terry Fontenot has been an AGM and, and been heavily involved in the Saints organization the for, cap a, too. for a very, very long time. And the Saints have been a very reputable, very good football team for a long time. They had a couple of down years with Peyton, but all in all, they've been winning, playing winning football for a long time. But that's the thing about the Falcons fans. It's just not enough for them to play winning football. They want to be the Patriots. Well, we can't all be the Patriots. We can't all be the New England Patriots. We just can't. And that's what Falcons fans, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them, they just can't accept winning football. And that's never made any sense to me. Yeah, I would love it. I, I want to see the Falcons in the playoffs every year. But more importantly, I just want to see good football. You know, oh, yeah, man, we went pretty deep in the playoffs last year. Good season. Oh, man, we got all the way to the big game. Lost it, but, hey, we got there. Uh, you know, and, and I just want winning football. And that's what the Falcons have been doing in the time that Blanks owned the team. They're a winning franchise, but some people just don't see it. Well, and there's a reason, as we've been over and over, that, you know, the Chicago Cubs last won a World Series in whatever it was, 1908, and later won another one in 2016. Winning is hard. Been over this before. The other teams are trying, too. They have really good people making decisions on who's on their roster and who coaches their team, all of that stuff as well. We talked a little about these draft picks. One of the things that, of course, was unveiled more recently, Robert, the schedule. And with all the analysis that's done these days, most conclude that the Falcons' 2021 slate is quite a bit easier than it's been in recent years. In fact, it's the third weakest in the National Football League. So now, that's based, of course, on the results of those teams the previous year, 2020, and the fact that the Jets are on the schedule. You can't forget that. But we've picked on the Lions. We've picked on the Jets. Anytime we picked on the Lions last year, one of the teams they beat was who? Oh, yeah, the Falcons. Yeah, yeah but uh, when you look at this, they opened the season on September the 12th against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a home game, a 1 o'clock start, a Fox telecast here in Atlanta. And one of the things you pointed out earlier that I find a little intriguing and looking over this, they do not have back-to-back -back home games the entire season. No. It's weird. That'd be interesting to know how many times that's happened in the history of the NFL because you don't, it's called a homestand for a yeah. reason. And do you know that I heard it somewhere now? I haven't seen this documented. I heard this, so it's opinion. I heard this on local sports radio. Yeah, I took a risk and listened. That the easiest schedule in the league, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending world champions. Now, how do you have the third weakest schedule in the NFL and two of those games are against the defending world champions, the Bucs? It tells you you're really not playing a whole lot of others when you look at the sum and parts of this schedule. But looking through it, at Tampa Bay in the second week of the season. That's a 4.05 kick on September 19th. Then at the New York Giants. Then they host the WFT. I'm not even going <laughs> to dignify. And then they play the Jets in what's considered a home game over in London. So there are technically two back-to-back -back home games, Washington and the Jets, but 
the Jets game is a London game. So there you have that. And then they have their bye. And I think this is kind of early in the season, week six, to have a bye because you're going to have a grind now of 12 consecutive weeks of football after that, and that can be tough. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. But I think Arthur Smith's going to have his team geared up and ready to go, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm going, hey, you know, new coach, new management. It's a new day in Atlanta. We got nothing to complain about. We have one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. Can't argue it. If you want to, you can, but I'm not going to listen to you. We have a lot of weapons. There's a question mark at running back, and we got to shore up that offensive line. Questions at defense, but, you know, we have Dean Pease in here putting his branded defense and putting his mark on the Atlanta Falcons. If anybody doesn't know, he was the architect of that great Baltimore defense that won the Super Bowl. So he's got a pedigree, and really now it's just a waiting game. Wait and see what the product is going to be. We got the vets and everything and reported today for some OTAs. And maybe, Brian, we get lucky this year and maybe somebody throws us a couple of passes and we get to go down there and get in the mix and see how the team looks on the field and how the coaches coach and how they react. Because that's a point that I brought up today, too, is chemistry, relationships. We don't know yet how this team feels about its coaching staff because we haven't heard. They've all probably shaken hands and had some meetings, but they're really now getting into becoming a unit, becoming a team, getting these practices in. So we really don't know either what or how the league will handle things like access. You know, the one thing for journalists and beat writers and people that travel with and cover these teams that 2020 kind of unveiled is they can pull it off without having to have people get locker room access. And I kind of, as a guy who's worked in a lot of locker rooms and has traveled with teams and all of this stuff, I hope that they don't completely eliminate the ability to have that kind of access and to some extent develop trust and relationships with ball players because when you're a good journalist, you can do those kind of things, and they know that you're not going to throw them under the bus. You're going to mm-hmm. stay focused on whatever the topic is, you know, not sideline them with crazy questions and things like that. And over the time, I think you build some currency and some cred with those guys where they're more inclined to trust you if they know that you're going to focus on the things that are important. Yeah, well, you know, there's two kinds of reporters in the world, and I've learned that. There's the ones that are have integrity, and the other ones are just whatever whatever to do to get the story, but they right. also like to create false narratives and create Twitter drama followers. where there isn't drama and make up things. God, if you go back and watch some of the old baseball movies about the Yankees or whatever, there's a couple of guys that, you know, when Mickey Mantle was playing, they were just like, get his name was Artie. I can't remember his yeah. last name, but he's, you know, they're like, get out of here. You know, you're a little weasel. Get out of our locker room. You're just here to stir up trouble and drama and, and make a name and a story for yourself. So, you know, it's funny that uh, in the years I was in the National League and, and in this particular case with the Atlanta Braves, I would walk through the press box at City Field where the Mets, you know, their home stadium and there were pictures of all these reporters that covered New York baseball over the years. Really nicely done. City Field actually is a great facility anyway, but really nicely done. And you see a lot of these legendary type reporters and some of these guys that do appear in, you know, not themselves, but their actors portraying them in some of these New York centric baseball movies. And it's kind of cool to walk through and see all these different people and Man, are they crazy in the Northeast for baseball. You know how many publications there have been, and probably many, many fewer now because of the age we're in, the digital age and whatnot, and seeming swirling around the drain of newspapers in this country. But it's a shame in some respects because a lot of those ink-stained wretches were just part of the game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think you could make the same case about the National Football League over the years. We do have a bunch more coming up for you. Scott Johns, he also has been absent because we haven't been here doing this show. Scott Johns will join us on the other side of a break. 
And we'll look over this schedule, and we'll talk about the draft class. We'll talk about the progression of the offseason, and we'll talk about things that are going to unfold between now and September the 12th when the season begins. We'll do that with Scott on the other side of a timeout. Right now, we will take that timeout. When we come back, Scott Johns is with us. Back with more Falcons Flight after this. Falcons Flight is a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. I'm Brian Giffen. He's Robert Taylor. We're thrilled to be back with you, and we'll have more for you right after this timeout. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality, and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high-quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to mrhardwoodinc.com. Like in football, whether it's in business, recreation, or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom-built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning-fast, state-of-the-art, solid-state drive to replace that clunky, old-school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769 or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did. It is Falcons Flight, edition number 27. Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor. And we're very pleased to be joined via the phone line. And yeah, it has been too long by our friend Scott Johns of the Atlanta Falcons. And Scott, Robert and I spent the first segment of this show talking a little about the events of the offseason to this point, more specifically the draft and, of course, the schedule, which was released a couple of weeks ago. And Kind of interesting that it would be deemed, anyway, the third weakest in the National Football League based on the results uh, last year. But let's go to the draft first. I think given the fact that, you know, you get an all-world type of player with the fourth overall pick, not all that surprising, but, of course, disappointing to some who felt they should have gone in a different direction. What are your thoughts on the addition of Kyle Pitts? Well, I mean, I I think there was a a lot of speculation leading up to the draft who they were going to take in the first place. A lot of fans and even pundits thought, hey, you know, if you have a chance to be this high and, and go get a quarterback in a quarterback-heavy draft, you do it to secure the future while you still have your guy in the building. Of course, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith thought otherwise, and, and they grabbed Kyle at four. And, and I got to say, I, I think it lit this fan, by, fan base on, on fire. 
from an excitement standpoint, just because of the type of player that he is. But not to mention that he produced primarily or completely in the in the SEC and, and did that against SEC talents. So you know what you have in him. His measurables, his, his tape, all the things that just make you go, wow, we may have just figured out our red zone woes. That's something that's plagued us for some time. Now, some would argue that schematics when you have the type of weapons we already have, but you like the addition, you know, given what he can bring you as far as an immediate impact. And I think that's why he was drafted, just because this new staff is in, in win-now mode. Well, Scott, uh, maybe you have a breadcrumb or two for us, because maybe some of our new listeners don't know you, you are employed during the season by the Atlanta Falcons, so you're kind of you got your finger on the pulse. Not to mention you're a very avid fan. What's the general vibe around the organization? What's the general buzz? How are things going with Arthur and Terry? Are they getting along? Is is there a sense of excitement? A lot of question marks. What's the vibe overall? Have you heard anything? Seen anything? Yeah, you know they don't sell the hot dog vendors too much, man. So we don't. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, as much as you can hear about relationships behind closed doors. I think that's any relationship in any walk of life. But when you're, you know, in the public eye like these guys are, there's everything you do is going to be put under a microscope. But I think from what I'm hearing, I think they came to an agreement pretty quickly on what they wanted to do as far as future and the immediate future of this franchise. And they came to the, I'm told, a very quick consensus that, that Matt Ryan, is he still has a lot in the tank and they're going to ride until the wheels fall off at Matt. And, and they think that there's a lot of football to be played. And they think primarily Arthur Smith thinks that his the lack of wins and the lack of offensive production was schematic, meaning Dirk Cutter, you know, wasn't cutting it. So they said, you know what, we're committing to Matt Ryan. We're going to build around him for the foreseeable future. We'll get a quarterback when the time is right. But right now the time is to go build around Matt, get us in win-now mode, especially with a weaker schedule. The time to strike is now. And the quote that Arthur said, a couple weeks ago that I really liked. He said, you know, if you if you wanted a team to, to rebuild or you wanted a coach to rebuild, you hired the wrong guy. So so that kind of told me that these guys were vetted early on in the interview process. They were they were told that they would be working pretty much hand-in-hand uh, hand at each step, and, and they said, you know what, this is, this is good. We have the same vision for this team, and you've seen nothing but that through free agency in the draft. One of the downsides, Scotty, of where they are, though, some moves, some things have to be done to sign this draft class because they're really right up against it dollars-wise right now. Any thoughts on that? It sure appears that even though we didn't speculate necessarily that it would happen, it looks like it could very well happen that Julio Jones is sent somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's a lot of speculation. That's kind of the league we're in right now. And, you know, the NFL is purely entertainment. I think people forget that sometimes. It's purely inter- strictly for entertainment purposes, and, and there's a lot of money involved. So I think these storylines are very grabbing. I think it's the same reason that there's speculation that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. It makes headlines in an otherwise slow offseason because you have to keep the you have to keep the fans engaged with captivating storylines. And I think Julio Jones, you know, his story is no different. So what I think is it's just a, a big name that would be huge if they move so he's going to be the one if there's any smoke there at all they're going to run with it my thoughts on it are i don't think he gets traded i don't think he gets traded at all in fact i think the way we're going to make room for the rookies i think grady's going to get an extension i think they're going to commit to him and to turn his money into guaranteed signing bonus and they're going to clear up the cap space that way i, I just think arthur smith envisions running this offense and did so taking the job at least for a couple of years with julio jones at his disposal and I don't think that's going to change. I think when you have a guy like that, and you hope that he stays healthy, but I think you have to keep a guy like that in tow and really rely on a guy like that 
that's great in your locker room, produces numbers. He's a fan favorite here in Atlanta. I mean, there's too much going in his favor to, to just trade him away for you know a couple second-round picks or, or whatever the haul would be. So I guess one question I would have, it made me raise an eyebrow, but it also made me go, is it just one of those things? Is it just water cooler talk, just something to talk about? But I did find it interesting that most years, most seasons, when they release the schedule, there's a lot of hoopla and, hey, the schedule's coming out and there's Twitter and there's guys in uniforms and people show up down at the stadium and there's a press conference and Julio wasn't there for any of that. Does that hold any water? Does it mean anything that he wasn't included, that he wasn't featured? No, this is a new regime, and, and really where that comes from, when you think about the schedule release and any kind of publication like that that gets done, is it done through the coaching staff? It isn't done through not even the general manager. It's, it's the marketing team that primarily picks those players and, and kind of does it in, in the vision that they have. So that has zero to do with personnel on this team or, or you know any kind of tilting their hand or anything like that. I think it was purely by coincidence. Now, of course, a lot of people are going to read into it. You know, there's something you said it will make you raise your eyebrow, but I can't sit here and say, wow, yeah, there's there's something to that because, again, it's not the people that make the football decisions on the team that called those players in for that photo shoot you know, for the schedule release. You know, it's interesting, too, because the, well, the Seahawks, there was a lot of talk earlier this offseason about Russell Wilson and potentially having a difference there and potentially wanting out of Seattle. They put out some marketing materials. They sent letters to the season ticket holders, et cetera, et cetera, and there's no mention of Russell Wilson in any of them. Yet, he is still in Seattle, and all that talk is seemingly cooled. Yeah, see, that's a prime example of what can happen. I mean, it's, I don't think there's anything to that. You know, the omission of a player in a, in a publication like that means less than nothing right. in, in an offseason like that. Exactly. So I would say for the fans that are reading too much into it, I'd say relax. If you're if you're still pro Julio Jones, still a big fan of his, I would say just relax and, and let training camp come to us. It'll be here, you know, in about seven or eight weeks. And just have faith that he'll be on the roster because I'm, I'm one that subscribes to the fact that I believe he will be. I believe he means too much to this team, the locker room, the city. I think he'll be a Falcon when come fall. You talked a little about it, and Rob and I did in the opening segment of the show, third weakest by some measure schedule in the NFL, and that is a good time to go ahead and be in win-now mode when you've got a quarterback of Matt Ryan's ilk. When you look over this schedule, are there any things that stand out to you? I look at one of them, Sunday, November 14th, Week 10. That is the fall-on-the-damn-onside-kick-ball game against Dallas out at AT AT&T Stadium. But what things stand out to you on this schedule? I think there's only the one prime time game as well that's a Thursday nighter against the Pats yeah I think a lot of fans when the when the schedule goes out depending on what the way you consume football when you when you look at that schedule your eyes are going to go to a couple different places one is always going to be the first game of the season yeah how are we going to set the tempo for the season and, and of course you know I like that we're at home against Philly on a Sunday afternoon it, it's a one o'clock game so they, you know we're not in the, the spotlight or anything like that and it's against the the team we're pretty familiar with. The Eagles haven't won here since 2009, so there's something to be said about the recent history with them and, and the confidence you have going into that game. But then as you look further down, of course, after a few weeks, we have two games on the road after that, and then you come back home to play Washington. Then you go over to, to London playing the Jets, a team that you should beat. You know, you've got a team there that got the young quarterback. It, it should be a very winnable game. And you know, fans are going to be excited for that. You're going to wake up super early. I think that airs here at 9.30 that Sunday morning, you know, on October 10th. So that, that's a pretty cool. It's always cool to get that London game. We had one back in 2014, but I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, of course, all the division games. The way the division games are really just spread out throughout the season and they're not backloaded like they were last year can really kind of lend itself to 
a more favorable schedule in that regard. Of course, you mentioned the Patriots game. All Falcons fans' eyes went to that one, I think, pretty immediately. You get them on a Thursday night game, and you know the the media circus around that the week leading up to it. You're going to hear nothing about Super Bowl. You're going to hear nothing oh, yeah. but Super Bowl 51 references. And that's going to be tough. 28-3, 28-3. Exactly, exactly. So you got to kind of drown that out as a team, as a fan base. You know, just you, you got to kind of go, you know, this is just the media doing what they do and going with the easy storyline, the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. And then past that, really, I mean, you have a couple tough games on the back end in San Francisco and at Buffalo in a game that should be about negative 35 degrees. Yeah. But then you come home and you finish against the Saints. And what I like about the NFL schedule and the way they've done things, they've always left themselves open for the best games of the year on the back end of the schedule. So what they did this year is they took the Sunday night game, the very last game of the season, and of course there's no Monday night game in the last week of the season, but the Sunday night game is left open completely. They have no idea who that's going to be. So you have the opportunity and they're all division games. So whoever is going to be the premier matchup that week is going to get flexed into that eight twenty spot on Sunday night in front of the national audience. What I like about that is if the Falcons are playing good football, and there's a lot of football to play, but there is a week schedule, you know, there's a very real chance that we could be closing out the season in high fashion on NBC on Sunday night playing the Saints, and that could be for the division, that could be for a wild card spot, that could be for really anything. So I do like that we're ending at home against New Orleans because if it comes down to if our season hinges on that game, at least you're in the comfort of your own home and you get to kind of take on a well-known opponent, not on the road and possibly in prime time. I thought it was a little weird that they don't have back-to-back home games, but I guess a little two-part question or maybe a question and then a, a statement is how important do you think it is to come out and just take it to Philly, kind of a statement game, the the new regime, the new attitude, the new team, the new coach, everything. How important in your mind is it to come out and really make a bold statement with this new look Falcons? And number two, you know, do a little prognostication, 18-game schedule, where do the Falcons finish? Give me a win-loss. The Philly game is going to be ultra-important, not only because it's the first, you know, it's your coaching staff's first game, it's at home. Tone you know, a lot of expectation. <laughs> you want to be able to come out and set the tone, just like you said. I mean, it's, it's very important because then you're on the road two weeks in a row. You know, you want to go into those two road games with a great deal of confidence going, okay, we can go out and possibly come back 3-0 and or 2-1 and when we come home in week four against the Washington football team. But, you know, I think it's ultra important. It sets the entire tone for your season. You can go out and make a statement. Uh, you can take that win on the road and, and it's still confidence and it's just it's a chain reaction league. I mean you a win can, can lead to another win. A loss can, you know, compound the more losses. And we've seen that unfortunately the last two years, the way we've started off our last two seasons, they've been absolutely disastrous. I don't think people realize those the last two seasons, the starts to those first five oh, or yeah. six weeks were just an absolute nightmare. As far as a record prediction, I think it's hard to say, you know, with seventeen games, I think we go eleven and six or 10 and 7, somewhere around that mark, just because I think oh. the offense is going to be, yeah, I mean, but you look at the schedule and all the winnable games on there, and I think Matt Ryan's going to have proof. I think Kyle Pitts is going to make you more dynamic down in the red zone. So I just see a lot more red zone uh, win percentages, and, and I think this team is just going to be ready to go. And I'll tell you who really is going to lead to a lot of ball control, run out the clock, and win games that way. Mike Davis, here to tell you, if he stays healthy this year, he's going to be a running back like we haven't seen in many, many years here in Atlanta. Big physical runner, speed like you wouldn't believe for a guy that size. I think he's going to help us close out some of these games to win those games. But yeah, I think we make the playoffs this year. I'm pretty good about tempering my expectations and my, my homerisms, but man, I'm telling you, it just seems like 
everything's falling in the right place with the addition of Kyle. The defense is just going to be better by virtue of the scheme and system. I think we're going to win some games that we're, we're supposed to win, and I think we're going to beat a couple of opponents that maybe no one expects us to. You know, it's a proven thing over the years that, for the most part, it can change quickly unless you're Cincinnati or Detroit and for a long time Cleveland. It can change pretty quickly. You can go from 4-12 and 12 to 12-4 and four in the blink of an eye if the ball bounces your way. You look at how many games are close, less than a score in one direction or the other, and that's just the reality of the situation. Well, minicamp is ongoing with rookie players at the moment, and we will, of course, stay abreast of developments as they go along. And Scott, we'll look forward to having you on to keep us filled in with your perspective on some of the events that unfold between now and the beginning of training camp. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, and I look forward to another season of this. I really enjoy doing things with you guys, so I really appreciate it. Man, we enjoy it every bit as much. We appreciate it. Scott Johns of the Atlanta Falcons, kind enough to spend some time with us here on edition number 27, the long-awaited 27 of Falcons Flight, a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe? We do. Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor, back after this. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but Hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality, and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high-quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to mrhardwoodinc.com. Like in football, whether it's in business, recreation, or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom-built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning-fast, state-of-the-art, solid-state drive to replace that clunky, old-school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769 or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did. It is Falcon's Flight. It is edition number 27. Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor. Falcon's Flight is a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe? We certainly do. As we chronicle the 
doings of the Atlanta Falcons here in the 2021 offseason, which is moving by quickly. We mentioned the fact that uh, rookies are up there for rookie camp at Flowery Branch right now as we speak and do this show. And we'll, of course, have developments as we go along and get closer to training camp over the next several weeks. And, of course, we'll be fired up to be in these seats every week throughout the 2021 season where, Robert, would appear that they'll – you would hope anyway, since baseball and others have done it, they'll be back to having full – fan engagement at games the whole nine yards i mean i know it'll without, vary without question yeah without it'll vary question. somewhat maybe from one locale to the other depending on how they handle restrictions and that kind of thing well, but, i mean you don't have to worry about it in atlanta uh, i went to a united game it was why i mean wide open yeah we didn't wear our masks nobody bothered us some people did some people didn't we did not know six feet apart it was wide open so you're going to be able to go to a falcons game this year and tailgate and enjoy it like a normal person i want to say that i'll speculate now God only knows what could happen given given our lives, the way our lives have <laughs> no been doubt, lately. Man. You never know, but I fully expect to, to, to COVID not even be a thing. I also think they're starting to wise up on the political front, too, and I think we could see. You think they've wrung it out for all they can uh, get out of it now? Well, well I, think, I, I, <laughs> I just think the NFL as a whole sees what they're doing to their fan base. Their fan base does not want politics. No. They want to watch the game. Right. You and, you and I are kind of the same way. Oh, we still follow football. You. We like football. Yeah. But, you know, we, we talk about watching it as a younger kid. And, you know, if your boss was nagging you or your wife was being a, a crazy person or, or whatever, it was an escape. You sat down and you marveled at, at Chris Carter's and Randy Moss's right. and Troy Aikman's and Emmett Smith's. You marveled at their talent and you were entertained. Whereas now it's just been so politically charged lately and in, in, in other things, it really has turned people off. Yeah, and when there are four or five lengthy segments in the Super Bowl pregame that deal with political issues, come on, man. I'm not taking publicly any stance on any of those issues. It's just that people, they, you can hear that everywhere else. You can see it everywhere else. Can it just be about the sport for the love of you-know-who? Yeah, and and I think we could see that heading that way. I, 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 they're not they're not stupid. I think they see the damage that's been done. I don't. I wouldn't say it's colossal damage, but that, that they have seen a drop in ratings. They have seen a drop in revenue because of COVID and politics as well. So I think they're like, hey, we got to get back to just you know. I don't want to be repetitive, but we've talked about it on this show before. Like, we're not saying don't be political. We're just saying keep it out of the game. Yeah, keep it out of the locker room. You know, if you want to, if you want to be a champion for for social causes and social injustices, by all means, use your wealth and celebrity. But just not on game day. Not on game day. Just get between the lines and take care of business and and do what you're paid to do, yep. which is entertain us, entertain the American people, keep your personal business out of it. Now, when you're not in a Broncos uniform, Falcons uniform, whatever uniform you don for whatever team, go to town, brother. Right. Do it all. Yeah, no doubt. But on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, anything NFL-related, just, hey, man, that's over here. Let's talk about the business of football. It seems like a pretty appropriate time to ask you this since we were talking about politicians and whatnot, but uh, what time is it? Well, uh, it's been a while, and I'm out of shape, but uh, <clears throat> me, 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 <laughs> la, 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 it's swirly time, swirly time, swirly time. The Falcons flight crew is out of shape. Tolerant yeah. jackass. They knocked the rust off. There is a special place where morons are plunged headlong into a I got some WD-40 in the truck. Yeah. Bust that out. 
where imbeciles are irrigated, dumbasses are There's some old guys that swear by And abject radius rinsed away. Where pompous assery comes face to face with porcelain. I like that part. Where chlorine, tidy bowl, and bleach administer swift, swirling justice. This is our Game of Thrones. Where mindsets and hairstyles are forever altered. We've seen it. It is the Falcon's Flight Swirly segment. Now let's get this party started. See, I missed this as much as I missed talking ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, the world famous, or soon to be world famous. It is world famous. Yeah, we got I, people in Great Britain that listen to across it. Across the pond. Yeah, good enough. How you doing, guys? Yeah, no doubt about it. Cheerio. But <laughs> hip, hip. I usually reach for a bit of obscurity in these, and this today is not going to be an exception. Charles Ray Fuller. Must have been planning one big record company. The 21-year-old North Texas man was arrested last week for trying to cash, are you ready for this, a $360 billion check, saying he wanted to start a record business, authorities said. Tellers at the Fort Worth Bank were immediately suspicious. No, perhaps the 10 zeros on a personal check tipped them off, according to investigators. Fuller of suburban Crowley, Texas, was arrested on a forgery charge. Police said he was released after posting $3,750 bail. Just a drop in the bucket when you got a check for $360 billion, right? Yeah. Wh- whose check was it? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Fuller said his girlfriend's mother gave him the check to start a record business. But bank employees who contacted the account's owner said the woman told them that she did not give him permission to take or cash the check. I'd like to know if she has $360 billion bucks, but... In addition to forgery, Fuller was charged with unlawfully carrying a weapon and possessing marijuana, Fort Worth Police Department Lieutenant Paul Henderson said. Officers finding less than two ounces of marijuana and a 25 caliber handgun and magazine in his pockets promptly arrested Fuller and charged him with those crimes as well. Fuller couldn't be reached for comment, shockingly, by the Associated Press on Friday because there were no phone listings for him in the Fort Worth area. Hey, Fuller, to get your head out of here, you might need a puller. Get over here. Three hundred and sixty billion bubbles. That's it, boy. Get in there, nice deep. What if the scrubbing bubbles make that noise? Yeah. Don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35, 45 minutes. Or longer. Somebody open the window. You see the peanut? Dead giveaway. I think Fuller is most decidedly the peanut. Oh, yeah. Rob, over to you. <clears throat> well, since it's been a while, and fans, I got to tell you, if we told you what had happened lately, you wouldn't believe us. It has been just crazy. But we're back. We got our scheduling, and, and life is, seems to be settling down a little bit. But since we haven't done one in a while, I figured we'd do a two-for-one. I know we've done Perfect. it on our State of Sports podcast and maybe on this one. Because I found one. We were getting ready to record, and that's kind of when the rodeo of life went haywire and just we got thrown off course. But I had a great one, and I talked about it for a couple of days, and I had to go back to it. So the Chicago Cubs. Now, again, a lot of you probably already know about this one, but if you don't, this is gold. This goes back to March of this year. <laughs> Spring training's firing up, and the Chicago Cubs have a prospect 25-year-old Jesus Camargo Corrales of Tempe appeared in an Eagle County court just the other day to face his charges. He was picked up 
for possessing 21 pounds of meth in a team duffel bag. <sighs> this was at spring training, right? Yeah, at spring training. And he had, I think, let me find it here in the news story. He had about a pound and a half of oxycodone, too. 1.2 pounds of oxycodone God. in his Chicago Cubs bag. So, uh, I don't I don't know. Maybe he wasn't confident in his skills and he wasn't going to make the big team. Or I, I have no idea. But How stupid can he be? What an idiot. He's going to go away for a long time. There's also um, accusations in this article from the USA Today that he had ties to the Sinaloa drug cartel. So, he, oh, even he may not be drawing breath into his lungs for much longer crazy so we got that one now the next one it hits close to home and this is some supreme idiocy and i'm you know i'm a little irritated but yeah it's no secret that i am uh taking a season off from baseball i'm a little irritated and annoyed we can get into that some other time but i still see a blurb and a blog or a clip and you know i'm not completely blind to what's going on with the braves but i'm not as involved nowhere near as involved as i used to be anyway and i hope brian can correct me here but Husker Enoa. Enoa. Husker Enoa is now out for about two months. Isn't that now, hasn't he been to, and, and I'm completely disengaged, so, you know, not knowing. I really don't. I haven't watched, listened, read, none of that. Hasn't he been the most effective starting pitcher they've had so far? He's been very promising this season. I do know that. I couldn't give you any uh, solid numbers, but he's been a bright spot in the rotation. But this clown... And again, I wish I had more details. I don't. I just I, I saw a quick little blurb, and I said, that's swirl-worthy. This clown, I mean, I guess maybe he was getting pulled from the game and was getting shellacked or maybe thought he was doing well, didn't want to come out. Whatever reason, he was upset about coming out of that game. Proceeds to go into the locker room or the dugout area and punch a bench and broke his hand right. and his, his pitching hand, too. That's not worth millions of dollars or anything. Wow. You know, your whole arm. That's not a millions of dollars investment and that you should take care of. Yeah, punched a bench, broke his hand, and now he's out two months. And, you know, hey, we're trying to win here, kid. Yeah. The Braves are trying to win a World Series. That's what they tried to do last year and the year before. We've got the talent. What is your problem? You know who else did that when he was still in AAA? Randy Johnson did it in Indianapolis. Punched the bat rack and missed the rest of the season. Yeah. When it was his last year in AAA. Just worth noting. So both you morons. <laughs> take, take a little dip in the old blue. Right. Hey, meth guy. Hey, Enoa, both you two, you're in the loo, and the water is blue. Get over here. That's it, boy. Get in there, nice and The reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass. You know, sometimes Red Foreman just, just nails it, doesn't he? Beer in every hand and a foot in every ass. Red Foreman for president. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, that will about wrap this episode. And it's edition number 27, by the way, of Falcon's Flight. It's been great to be back in the saddle. And we intend, of course, to be back in this saddle regularly now as things move forward and we get ourselves squared toward the beginning of training camp and then, of course, beyond the approaching regular season. We do apologize that we've been away as long as we have, but life events outside of here do happen. And, of course, the folks at Believe Entertainment have been both very understanding as well as very supportive of both of our situations as we've had to attend to other matters outside of here. And we're very grateful not only to them, but also to all of you who listened to Falcon's Flight and downloaded every episode. We appreciate that very much. 
that will do it for this edition, number 27 of Falcon's Flight. I want to say thanks to Robert Taylor. Good to have him back in-house. Also good to have Scott Johns back on with us via the telephone as we talk a little about minicamp, the draft, and, of course, look at the pending schedule for the 2021 season. Falcon's Flight, a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe we do? We are out. Thank you for listening to Falcon's Flight. Tune in throughout the season for updates, insights, and analysis on the Dirty Birds. Falcon's Flight is a production of Believe Entertainment. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.